Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Um, If you've got your Bibles, you might like to turn your Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 1. There's Bibles still up the back, the black Bibles, if you um, haven't uh, got a Bible, or you can turn a Bible on, on your iPad or smartphone, you can download the Bible.com app, uh, version. it's called, Uh, switch it on, you can search for a live event called um, Horsham Church of Christ, Uh, you'll need to switch on your location services, and all the text that we'll be using today will be included there, and you'll be able to follow along, take notes uh, for personal reflection or devotion or for life groups, um, and you'll be able to use that as well if you save that uh, throughout the service um, for yourself as well. All right, the Word of God still continues. We've been exploring this idea of journeying into something new, into the promise of new life. We've been uh, awakened to God's promises, uh, moving out of uh, what was once into something that yet we don't know. Um, From here to there, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures talk about promised land into new life. That is still a promise. Uh, We might not be in slavery by another government, by another land, but some of us are certainly in slavery according to our attitudes, according to our emotions, according to circumstances or things that might have been spoken over us at different times. So there's still an essence of slavery uh, that we're very much experiencing and a part of. And the promise of God revealed through Jesus Christ is that we can journey into new life. We can journey into uh, new promises. Sometimes we don't always know what the next step is. So if you're new and you're amongst us and you're checking out church because of these facilities, if you're checking out the story of Jesus, we especially want to welcome you and we hope that you continue on the journey with us. I don't know if this has ever happened to you in a supermarket. Have you, or at least have you ever stood at a supermarket, you think, I'll be really quick, you're on your way somewhere else, and as you get to the supermarket, you think you choose the quickest aisle, the quickest queue, and the person in front of you needs to scan an item because the price is different. Has that ever happened to you? Yep. Um, you know the, old, the, the ad that says, you know, the lady there's she's unloading the trolley and uh, she turns around to the bloke behind her and he, she says, you only got the one can of paint? And he says, yeah, thinking he's going to get through. <laughs> oh, you'll be waiting a while then. Should have gone to Hammonds. So, it, but it, have, you always, have you noticed too that it always happens when you're running late? Have you, all, all, have you noticed the conspiracy that happens when you're running late, you get every red light? It's, an abs- it's a conspiracy, isn't it? Um, I went to visit the doctor uh, earlier this year, which is nothing unusual. You've got to do that every now and then. And uh, unfortunately, my doctor was away on holidays. I had to go to another doctor. Um, and I went there early thinking, all right, I, you know, I didn't know how doctors ran in this place and uh, how much on time. So I went early, prepared, got there, relaxed. I took Candy Crush um, and uh, I, I finished my five games of Candy Crush that I can do in a day. And then uh, the time came and went for my appointment and I was still sitting there 35, 40 minutes later. Now, I don't know who forgot me. Someone forgot me. The doctor blames the receptionist. Um, and the receptionist didn't know what happened. 
But I've also got another question. How is it that while we wait for, and I, this is, if you're a doctor specialist in the room today, please don't take, this is just a general question. This is not an offensive statement. This is not a slight on who you are as a person. This is just a general question that I'm sure I'm not the only person asking it. Why is it, I understand I might have to wait four or six weeks or eight weeks to get a specialist appointment. I understand that. I'm even okay with that. I'll drive to Ballarat, I'll drive to Melbourne. But once I've got that specialist appointment for 11.30 in the morning, once I've driven the two hours, why is it that I'm in a specialist room, face-to-face conversation with a specialist for two minutes? But even more than that, if every appointment only ever takes two minutes, because I haven't heard of anyone else having a specialist appointment that goes longer than 10 minutes, and that's probably being generous, why on earth do they run an hour late? Has anyone else got that question? All right. If you're a specialist here, please don't come and talk to me about it afterwards. (laughs) You're not going to change it. And it's going to continue to be a question. The question in the midst of all this is how do we wait with purpose. Because this is part of our frustration when we're talking about our relationship with God as well. When we're talking about our relationship with God, we feel like we spend a lot of time waiting. And God doesn't show up in the timing that we think in the way that we think. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. But maybe, I don't know how you're sitting here, I don't know many of your stories, but I do know a God who knows all of your stories. And I know that most of us, and I know myself personally, we get a bit frustrated at the timing that God has. And I think the question that we have to ask is, how do we wait with purpose? Because once you've played your five games of Candy Crush on the smartphone, you're done for the day. We need another mindset. We need another attitude. We need another kind of direction. And how do we wait through Jesus Christ? I've learned recently that um, there's a lot of waiting around involved when you're learning how to rock climb. Uh, I've been seconded into rock climbing I think I've attempted that mountain. Have I attempted that mountain? Okay, I have attempted that mountain. Um, I don't know where. There's probably about six climbs on that peak, is there? Down the left, outside the photo. Um, uh, Grace went first, and she was so excited, uh, she got me a pair of rock climbing shoes. So I'm rock climbing now. So we've, we've done this, and uh, what I've learned is that by the time you, you drive out to where you rock climb, you walk to where you rock climb, And then it's a very slow process. Now, because it's a social activity, generally, there's other people down the... So it's a bit rude to take a book and wait. You've kind of got to enjoy the environment. You've got to join the... And it's a bit rude to play Candy Crush while you're out in the middle of nature. But what what we need to understand is that if you're waiting at the bottom of the rock, there's purpose in your waiting. Because either someone's got to walk up to the top or they lead climb up the top or trad climb, have I got that right? Excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, and they've, they've got to set the anchors up the top. They've got to set a rope so that you're safe. So there's, weight, there's purpose in that waiting, isn't there? You can understand that? Now, I can climb that rock. I don't have to actually wait for them. It's not very smart of me, is it? Because there's an objective about rock climbing. Not only do you want to get to the top, but you want to get home, uninjured and generally alive. So you can climb that, but it lacks any wisdom. So there's waiting in purpose. So as we journey into all that God has in store for us, how can we wait with purpose? Acts is the unfolding story of the early church, the mission work of the first followers of Jesus. 
But actually, um, before we read into Acts, we need to uh, catch up a little bit with the end of the Gospel of Luke. Luke uh, gives a recap of uh, what happened um, because Luke is the same author for the Gospel of Luke and the letter of Acts or the book of Acts. Okay, so here's this, can't read the back screen. He told them, this is what is written in Luke chapter 24, the Messiah, that is the one who has come to save, will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I'm not going, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So there's waiting. Here's the waiting. Until you've been clothed with power on a high, you need to wait for a period of time. And when he led, when that is Jesus, led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he lifted them and was taken up into heaven. I mean, this is weird stuff, isn't it? This is freaky stuff. And if you're sitting here as a, a new follower of Jesus or working out who Jesus is, this is okay if this is weird to you because this is still weird to people who've been reading the Bible for a long time. Because we've never seen it before. We, ne- we don't understand how this happens. That's okay. That's okay. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Now the temple's not like this building that we have now. There's a place of, uh, there's a place of giving. There's a place of uh, changing hands. There's a place of sacrifice. There's a place of uh, gathering depending on where you fitted. There's different places for gathering. Uh, There's different places of worship. So uh, this temple that they talk about is different to what we have now and what we experience. So that's how the Gospel of Luke ends. And then we go into um, Acts chapter 1, which I'm slightly nervous about on the screen. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about... So that's this. in other words, this is the same author in Acts speaking about his former book, that is the book of Luke. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates. Again, waiting. Waiting. The Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They didn't know there was this land down under called Australia. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now, understand this. Often when we talk about waiting in the Christian world and the Christian language, we're often talking about waiting for heaven. When I die, I go to heaven. This is not the kind of waiting Jesus is talking about. This is not the kind of purpose that Jesus is talking about. He's not saying, you just bide your time, folks. He's not saying just bide your time until that glorious day when you get to close your eyes and go to heaven. He's actually saying, listen, there's a period of time where you have to wait, but there's some things that you need to participate in while you're waiting. This is not an inactive, dull kind of waiting. This is a very deliberate, intentional kind of waiting. You're not just biding your time here. You're involved. 
You are waiting with purpose as God reveals the next step that he has to take. And the scriptures are filled with these journeys. If you go right back to the start of the scriptures, the Genesis, the beginning, the source, God takes Abram, uh, this guy that's grown up in a tribe, he's grown up in family, and God has said to Abram, Abram, pack up your family, pack up your home, and go. Go to a land that I will show you. This is what it is to wait. To wait with purpose is to be active, to be engaged. And it's to journey into something that you might not have ever done before. To journey into something that you might not have ever done before. So this was stirring those who were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1 verse 3, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. It's not simply about being in awe of the resurrection. It's not simply being overwhelmed by this idea that this man rose from the dead. It's about the kingdom of God. And if you want a perspective about that, listen to what happens at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter two, uh, 4. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to go to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues in Judea. So the preaching the kingdom of God, it's not just about preaching, it's not the standing up here and doing this. This isn't about preaching. It is about the movement amongst the people. It is about the community. It is about Jesus going and touching the sick that nobody else would touch. It's about providing care to people that nobody else would receive care. It's about touching and being willing to touch the lepers. It's about feeding the hungry. It's about seeing miracles done. This is the kingdom of God. This is actually a revelation experience of seeing heaven, not just waiting for heaven to be revealed when we take our final breath, but experiencing heaven come down and be right here in our next footstep, in our next words, in our next breath. This is the kingdom of God. And Jesus reveals that and how he expresses where it is found. And then we see it again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Witnesses to what? You're witnesses to the expression of the kingdom of God. So if you're a follower of Jesus right now, if you believe that Jesus in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are witnesses to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And you are witnesses here in your workplace, in your neighborhood, when you go and visit those specialists and you're sitting around for an hour, you're becoming more your witnesses. You become the people, the voice, the expression of the kingdom of God. See, waiting isn't an invitation to bask in a private moment. This is the thing that Jesus offers the disciples. He says, right, oh, you've seen me now. Now go on, get Go and do something with it. I think sometimes we declare Jesus, we have a great experience, and we sit here and go, ah. Now, I know I've got the other problem. I've got to pull back sometimes and celebrate because I kind of go, well, that's done now, let's move on. And that's just as dangerous. We need to learn to celebrate, but we also need to move past it again. Listen to what happens for the disciples. When they were basking in their private moment, they were looking up into the sky as he was going. Ah. 
when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles, uh, the early followers, returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Keep that in mind. And they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I want you to remember that where they were staying. This is a huge shift. Several days ago, this group of people, this small group of what we call the room where they were staying, wondering what was going to happen. They were locked in, afraid for their lives. They were locked in thinking that Jesus was gone. Now they return to that same place with new purpose, with new understanding. They were in despair. They were concerned for what their future held. They were in a daze until they encounter the risen Jesus. Now they're not locked behind locked now they're not locked behind closed doors. Now they're not a group mourning in fear, but even as they returned to the room they were staying, they now waited with purpose. Now they wait as a people of prayer. Now they wait as a people of worship. Now they wait as people intent on preparing hearts and minds for what God will do. Their focus has shifted. They don't have a time frame, but they have a purpose. They don't have a time frame, but they have a purpose. Now, you might think you've got a time frame. You might not even thought about a time frame. Uh, We've all got a purpose. And sometimes we get so distracted by our current circumstances, our current uh, environment or things that have been placed upon us that we struggle to break around it and we get so focused on what's happening here that we lose the bigger picture and the invitation to wait with purpose to wait focused in worship and in prayer. They have a purpose. They are a gathering of people invited to journey into something new. And this is a consistent message. This is the consistent message that we've been invited uh, as we journey into new life. Now listen, if you don't hear anything else today, if you've been overwhelmed and blown away by what's happened today and what we've experienced today, I can completely understand that. But if you haven't heard anything else up until this moment and if you don't hear anything else beyond this moment, I want you to hear and understand this. God sees you, God hears you, God is concerned for you, and God has come down to rescue you. And in rescuing you, he calls you into his new life. And you don't know what that might look like tomorrow. But to determine what that looks like tomorrow requires that we trust him today whatever you are facing whatever you are waiting for I want to encourage you to keep gathering with those who are closest to you to cheer each other on and continue in prayer and worship and I'm not just talking about a Sunday service I think this is important I value this I think this is uh, life-giving uh, energizing. This is meant to uh, remind us that we are not on our own, but then we're meant to be sent out as a scattered people throughout our community. And just as important, talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus, just as important 
is uh, gathering with one another in our life groups. Just as important is uh, sitting down with our husbands, our wives, and talking about what's happening in our world and talking about what it will look like to follow Jesus. And prayer can look like very different in all of that. But it's important that we gather and it's important that we spur one another on. See, often we can create um, formulas. There's probably someone in here that understands that formula. It's not me. And it's not a helpful formula if you want to talk about worship and prayer either. But I think sometimes we get stuck in a, in a formula for our worship and prayer. Worship has to happen like this. We have to do this. We have to have it like this. Now, we've got a formula, as you've seen today. We've changed that formula over the year. We've changed some of our traditions over the years. Some of us have been happy about it. Some of us not so happy. But we get unhappy when we get stuck on the formula. The formula maybe we grew up with. Now, I don't know, in case you didn't pick it up, we weren't told how the disciples worshipped. We weren't told how they prayed. And I think that's the point. Because <laughs> if you haven't caught up with the gospel story or the story of Jesus, there's so many things and so many questions left unanswered because I think it's actually an invitation for you and I to respond, to choose how we engage. Worship and prayer isn't about the formula we create as much as it is the heart that we bring. Now, I need to con- if you've ever thought that I'm an expert, I'm sorry for that impression because I am so far off being an expert, it's not funny. Because this week has been, uh, I can't, I have, people keep saying to me, oh, you must be really excited. I am excited about this. I actually don't have any words about how I feel at the moment. And I know that in this last week, I haven't been very good at worship. I haven't been very, and now I'm not particularly a person that will just burst in a song. Um, if, if you're in my house, my kids can recite any given moment. I go to sing a song, I could sing three words and I've forgotten the rest of it. So I tend not to sing. Every now and then I break out in a song, my family's wrapped with it. But um, I'm not a person that breaks out in song. And maybe you're not either. And you know what? That's okay. But that doesn't stop us from worshipping. And maybe you're not a person who likes praying out in public. Maybe you're a person of few words. And you know what? That's okay. But that doesn't stop us praying. It's what we bring as the offering of our heart. And I've got to admit, last week, it was a distraction. And I was stuck. I might still be a little bit. And it's really easy to lose sight of God. And I don't know, again, what it is for you. And maybe it's been really easy for you to lose sight of God. But here's the good news. It's not very difficult to return. It doesn't take much. If you don't know how to pray, here. Are you ready for this? I want to to give you a coaching lesson on how to pray. You ready? Full stop. Here's another tip for you. Did you, want, did you need to practice that or what? Or I don't know. All right, here's another one for you. Here's another one for you. Are you ready for this one? God, 
The scripture says that even when you don't have the words, the Holy Spirit understands your groans of, the, of your spirit. Now, I want you to understand this. For those of us who have been following Jesus for some period of time and this idea of worship, this is, comes naturally to you, this is no excuse to become comfortable or lazy. Remember, we're journeying from where we have been to where God might be calling us to be. And you don't know where that will be. So some other tips for you. You might want to say, God, I need to know that you are loving and worthy. God, I need help with this person today. God, will you give me wisdom as I go about my day? God, will you give me courage today? God, I'm stuck. God, I'm overwhelmed. God, I feel terrible. God, you are great. You are, one of, you are my salvation. God, you are the one who has promised new life to me. I want to trust in that despite my circumstances. There you go. You've prayed. Now, you might like worship. You might like to get on your knees. You might like to lift your arms up. You might like to lay flat out on your stomach or on your back. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. You've worshipped and you've prayed. You might like to go for a walk and you pray for your neighbours. You pray for the city. You... Congratulations. You've prayed. You might like to go off in a secluded room, shut the doors, put earphones on, pray. Father, I celebrate, we celebrate. You are faithful. Thank you for your promises. To seek the heart of the Father, to rest in the knowledge that we are loved by him, is to wait with purpose. Weep, laugh, dance, sing, don't sing, sway. Listen for the Holy Spirit because he might lead you into something that you haven't ever done before. See, prayer and worship is not so much about our comfort but our obedience. And sometimes our obedience requires that we wait with purpose. And we can do this because God has completed the work through Jesus Christ. Whatever experience we've been through, we're invited to encounter the risen Jesus. He gives us a new perspective as we wait for revelation or new direction. Thanks, Loni. As we're waiting for God, we've got purpose. We're not without purpose. We have reason to wait. See, when we wait with purpose, we're given an anchor that allows us to walk into God's purposes. And today, as with every other day, we want to continue to give you the invitation and the opportunity to respond. Now, maybe you just need help. Maybe you just want someone to pray in you in a particular circumstance. You don't have to give to the front and ask someone to pray for you. We can do that. I'll come up and I'll ask if there's someone in particular or I'll pray for you at the end of the song, but if you want to come to a different spot and just as a movement from here to there, we want to invite you to do that. This is not about our comfort. This is about choosing to be obedient to God and knowing that the only way to journey into new life is to do it through Christ alone.